Welcome to the Freedom Fries Podcast. From the timeless Army-Navy rivalry to a passion for pursuing financial freedom through real estate, join Mike and Spiros for real talk about the huge wins and crushing losses of patriots who relentlessly pursue financial freedom. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Freedom Fries podcast. This is Mike and Spiros here for another episode. Uh, We have a fantastic guest lined up for you today. We had the pleasure of talking with Mr. Sean Reaver. Uh, What a a pleasure. So Sean comes to us today, started out a Navy football player, became a Marine logistics officer, and now a serial real estate investor. So our Mike and I are super excited uh, to have Sean on as our first guest on the Freedom Fries uh, Real Estate Podcast, and uh, we're just super excited to welcome Sean Reaver. Yeah, and, and please listen through the whole entire podcast. Sean just talked about a lot of good information and talking from house hacking to syndication to learning real estate. This is loaded with information, so listen all the way through, and uh, without for any further wait, let's bring in uh, Mr. Sean Reaver. Mr. Sean Reaver, we are super excited to have you today, man. Uh, this has uh, been a long time coming, and we're really excited to have this conversation today. So uh, we'll, we're going to jump in and ask you a ton of questions here and there. But just to start things off, why don't you tell the world a little bit about yourself, your background, military background, real estate background, and uh, Spiros and I will start throwing some hard questions at you along the way. Yeah, sounds good. I am really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast. I know uh, we've been, we've been uh, catching up with each other a lot over the White Feather Mastermind. Um, really good to get to know each other. So a little bit about me. Um, so I went to the Naval Academy in college, uh, played football, never lost to Army. So I know I know that's already a starting theme on here. So uh, 4-0 against Army during my time at the Naval Academy. Yeah, yeah. Um, more after graduate. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I knew, I knew Spirits would be in something Navy. So um, I had to, had to bring that up. So after graduation, I did um, I went Marine Corps. I was a logistics officer in the Marine Corps. I um, did supply and logistics. I was down in Lejeune the whole time. Um, and then kind of where real estate investing came in, kind of funny enough, um, senior year on spring break, uh, me and a bunch of my friends, we went down to Destin, Florida, rented a house on the beach, like had a great time. And then like on our way back, we're like got to figure out how we can do this every year and keep this going. Um, and then, so we're like, oh, you can buy a house and rent it out. I'm like, how does that work? Like, obviously someone owns these houses. Um, so I just started kind of Googling and, um, looking at podcasts and stuff, stumbled upon bigger pockets, uh, felt rich dad, poor dad, and kind of the rest is history from there. That's and we, cool. uh, that's cool. How many yeah. how many folks went down to Destin to, to rent the house? Uh, I think we had like 10 to 12 dudes. And it's like the three-bedroom house. It was awesome. <laughs> we just packed in there. That's awesome. Can you, imagine, yeah. can you imagine having your rental and having like 12 college football players descend? Yeah. Sean, on, Sean's uh, on party is the exact, yeah. the, exact, the exact nightmare for every host around the world, <laughs> Airbnb host around the I'm world. A- so yeah, so, I'm a pretty so I'm a pretty big guy, but uh, I said all my all my well, friends gonna, like I'm the I'm the I'm the medium sized guy in my friend group, so oh, <laughs> with, some, with awesome. some big boys in there. So I was gonna say, Sean, you know I've I've met you on on Zoom calls, right, with our real estate mm-hmm. accelerator that we do together, and uh, you know on video you look like a nor- like kind of a normal dude, right? And then so I look up <laughs> John Reaver in preparation for the podcast, and I'm like. Bro, six foot four, like 240 <laughs> pounds. This dude's a walking rock, man. That's incredible. 
Yeah, it was a. I think <laughs> senior year going in football season, I was like 275. And then obviously after work, oh, I tried to lose all that weight. So I just didn't eat nice. for those three months after football. And it was like crazy how much losing that weight. Like it's just easy to like walk upstairs and like breathe normal and <laughs> just like function as a human. <laughs> That's awesome. So, all right, Charles, tell, yeah. tell, yeah. go ahead, Spiros. Tell us a little bit about the football experience, man. That's, I mean, obviously that's every little boy's dream, right? To, to, to grow yeah. up and play college football, be on TV, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I kind of always like to start like whenever I talk about this, like, so in high school, when I was getting recruited, um, it, you know, I, every college ever comes and at least talks to you once. And so you're, you're, you're getting to see all these big schools. It was, you know, they don't really offer anything, but, um, I'm like, my only goal in high school is like, I'm going to play D1 football. I'm going to play the, high, the highest level I can. I don't care where it is. And I'm from Maryland and, a military family so i didn't really know what the naval academy was even though i lived an hour and a half away um so i got like letters and stuff and i'm like i don't play i'm not going to the military um then they finally convinced me to come down an official visit and i went uh looked around the academy uh talked to them and they're like yeah we played notre dame every year I'm like notre dame I'm like i just have to vote for six months in the mediterranean like one time i'm in i'm in sign me up <laughs> um that's awesome so that on top of the uh the education and stuff that they talked about and um how, how we how we be set up for our, for our future and you know all the, all the other prestigious stuff that they always talk about with it um was a really hard sell so i was really excited to get involved but I mean, football football is incredible i mean like i said we play notre dame every year obviously army um army navy games incredible playing air force is awesome um we played against uh, Pitt when Aaron Donald was there. We played Ohio State the year they won the national championship, and like Braxton Miller and like Joey Bosa, those guys. So we played some some really big football. And um, my senior year, we went eleven and two and finished eighteen in the country. Um, nice. Had Keenan awesome. Reynolds as our quarterback, so that was a real, really fun to be a part of. Yeah, that that's got to be some incredible memories, man. So by yeah, the way, um, it, two Navy guys against one Army dude on this call. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm feeling good about my chances, Mike. I will I say I'm probably know. the best looking guy on this podcast right now, so I feel good about that. Having the army on my on my side, no, no, but Sean, I, I hear what I hear what you're saying. That uh, the last two years I was at West Point teaching, so I got to be a little bit part of uh, the Army Navy rivalry and uh, beat it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, beat Navy, sink Navy, all that good stuff, and you know, but it just you know, outside of that, just it, it was an awesome atmosphere just to be a part of the game and be a part of the rivalry and and i can imagine actually being on the field and having those teammates by you so i I would imagine some lifelong memories and um why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit i I would imagine that your time at the naval academy and your time in the marine corps kind of you know helped you along the way in real estate career and you know kind of your background and you know thinking through deals and kind of the leadership and the mentality and the things that you have from being in the military so Mm -hmm. if you don't mind and i'm sure spiros and i can touch upon this as well but just a little bit about that and kind of how that's helped you along your way throughout your journey yes i think the big thing that really kind of helps carry over into real estate is like uh just kind of that grit you either learn or you're forced to learn while you're at the academy and in the military especially playing football um, and playing football in college, it's your, your day, you have your day structured down to, you know, 15 minute increments from the time you wake up pretty much until the time you go to bed. Um, and there's a lot of days you don't feel like going to class. You don't feel like going to practice. You don't feel like doing homework afterwards. You don't feel like studying, but it's like you, you have to do it. There's a standard you have to hit. You have to have good grades. You have to, you know, you have to play well. You have to do all of those things. And you don't really have time to, you don't really have the opportunity to not do those. So you just kind of continue to force yourself to do it and be disciplined about it. And I think that that carries over into like kind of later later in life when I started investing in real estate. Like I'm not full time real estate investor. It's kind of like the, it's a, like a side side gig to me right now. Eventually, I'd like to be full time, but 
um, in the military full-time job. Um, took a lot of time. I had two deployments. Um, was still trying to invest while I was doing that. Now I have a super, uh, super busy medical device sales job where I'm driving all over the place. And ORs and cat labs and going, doing a bunch of crazy things. And when I get home after a long day, after standing on my feet in the operating room for eight hours, like I don't really feel like sitting down and underwriting a deal, but I still do it because <laughs> it's like, I know that's what's going to get me to the next step. Um, so yeah. I think that's probably been the biggest thing um, that's been helpful is just really, it's just, just constant daily action, like never, never, really never giving up on it. Cause once you give up and don't, don't set stuff aside, that's when you stop making progress. Yeah. So you just used uh, a keyword, right? Daily action, action. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's what we're all learning as we kind of go through this real estate journey together, right? Is that um, without the action piece, right? It's just a bunch of uh, manipulation of Excel spreadsheets, you know, running through Zillow all the time. And at the end of the day, what's the point? You know, it's it's a waste right. of time. You take some action. And I think for, you know, probably for the three of us, I think you guys had some, some pretty decent... Um, little bit of real estate experience when I jumped into this at, you know, 49 years old, you know, I had only bought <clears throat> and sold homes that I lived in and, and, um, you know, we've got, uh, like a second home and stuff like that. But, um, this whole idea of, you know, underwriting and calculating cash flows and, and internal rates of return, all that stuff was pretty foreign to me. But, uh, but yeah, I think the key for me taking that word from you is just daily action, right? Daily repetitions which i would imagine right is is all about what what your football career was like it's like daily Mm -hmm. rep doing doing the work putting the work in making it hurt so that when it comes game time you you're you're ready to go right and and uh and i I definitely see a lot of parallels between sports and real estate Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and and i mean i just to touch upon one thing sean real quick like exactly what Spiros and I said when we first started this. This is real talk. This is not the pill to get rich real fast. This is not Mm -hmm. the easy way. Like, you can be success successful and you can make this a living and you can, you know, get financially free and, and have freedom. But it's exactly what Sean said. It's working a W-2 job, working eight hours. And when you come home, uh, you know, putting the family to sleep and making dinner and, and hopping back on the computer while everyone's asleep because you have some quiet time to start looking at Zillow and looking at Realtor and start running some deals. So it's not it's not you're not going to walk into this and just be financially free. It's you got to do the legwork. You got to listen to the podcast. You got to listen to the books. You have to ed- have the education behind it before you can start just throwing money at things. Mm-hmm. Right. What is your, uh, Sean, I'm curious, and, and this will be a question for you, Mike, too. You know, what yeah. do your spouse um, think of this whole real estate thing? You know, are they are they bought in? Are they on board? Or, or are they looking at you like, dude, you're freaking crazy? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> yeah. um, my wife just inherently thinks I'm crazy, which is, which is fair. But um, no, she's super supportive. Um, she, she, she gets it. Um, we had a lot of conversations about it. She's like, she knows when I'm like in my office at night, like after, you know, after we have dinner and stuff, I'm, she's like getting ready for bed and I'm in here. Like she just knows I'm not in here just like just messing around doing stuff. Like I'm trying to, right. trying to help, help set us up for a better future. Um, you know, like I said, underwriting deals, we currently have a deal on a contract and, you know, trying to make sure everything's aligned for that reviewing legal docs, like all that stuff. That's not really fun. Um, doesn't really doesn't really fire me up to be up to eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night, like reviewing <laughs> this stuff. But she gets its for a purpose, so she's super supportive. Um, right. 
um, just kind of you're, you're, anything I need, like she's, she's there for your business is a family deal too, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my, my parents, brother, sister, and I, I mean, we, we've been buying real estate since 2017. We started off like really small with like this hundred year old, like little five unit up in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania that was like falling apart when we bought it. Um, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have, but, um, <laughs> with the market, everything that worked out. Um, so yeah, work, work with them. Um, me and my brother, my brother does, he's getting a CPA. So he does a lot of like the financing piece and like, he's really good at that. My sister, she's actually just started medical school, but she's, she's been like helpful. Like as we started like scale up, she's been super helpful in like making things organized and like make sense and be neat. So we like find stuff. Cause my brother and I are kind of like, let's do it like action right now. Like, let's just get stuff done. <laughs> And then we're like, oh, I need to go find that thing. And it's just like not there or we do something a different way. So she actually, she helps us uh, be a little smarter about it. And then my, and then my, my parents, they just, they have a uh, commercial glass company that they've had for you know, 35 plus years. So just, just their operational experience and like leadership from actually running a small business and kind of growing that up from, you know, selling glass, selling glass and frames out of like their garage to, to what it is now. And like, it's really, it's really, it's nice to have someone like, yeah, let's call them like a mentor. That's awesome. What about you, Mike? Yeah. What, what is your, uh, what does your wife think about uh, your real estate endeavors? Uh, my wife's on board. She was uh, she was a little hesitant when we bought our first flip, and I emptied our bank account from our, our all of our wedding proceeds to to buy the house. But once we once we got into it and we started, you know, seeing the potential and started rolling after a few years, she's a hundred percent on board. She gets tired of me listening to a you know a bunch of audio books and podcasts <laughs> on long drives, but <laughs> she's definitely on board. And I think that's you know that's super important for for your spouse, your partner, whoever it is to be on board with you just because that really you know that re relieves a level of uh you know stress or just kind of you know a burden off your shoulder that you don't need to worry about someone who's constantly kind of like always nagging in your ear or, or or doesn't want you doing a certain thing so i think and sean i'm sure you probably agree it's super helpful to have mm -hmm. some you know have your partner on your on your side and kind of just be in your corner with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think the, the sport in the goes, it's like, it's, it's, it's incredible. I don't know if I'd be able to do it with, without her, especially after like those long days. All right, like, Sean. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, you, you, she's like, you can do this. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, all right. Tell yeah, us about like, it. Yeah. Tell us about it. Tell us about this deal that you're working on right now. How, I want to know the nitty gritty, how you found it, you know, how you taught yourself, how you learned about uh, syndication, all that good stuff. This is important right here. Yeah. So I guess the deal, the deal itself right now, um, I guess hopefully I'll knock, I'll knock on wood. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but next yeah. by next Friday, we should be closed on a uh, 33 unit uh, apartment complex in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, super excited for it. We've been under contract since uh, what that, the very end of July. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It was a it was a, it was a spiritual experience getting 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 it this far, but uh, but we, but we made it there. Um, so yeah, we're doing a syndication. We're doing like a five hundred six B. So that's been a learning experience too with uh, our attorney trying to get all like the SEC exemption paperwork correct and everything like that. But I just said, said a lot of like big words um, that some of the listeners might not know. But it's all, all of this stuff is very. It's very. It's 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 a lot of information. It's easy to learn. Um, and it, it, that didn't just happen overnight. I mean, I feel like most people like YouTube University, every single podcast and like real estate book. It's kind of how I learned everything. Um, this will be the the second mastermind um the white feather it's the yeah, the, the accelerator is the second uh mastermind i've been in i've learned a ton from you know the previous one i did and this one um and just being surrounded with people who've done it it's not an overnight thing i would always say real estate's hard but it's simple um you can get you can get really complex in the degree especially like when you start doing like syndications and like different you structuring deals a different way but i mean really it's it's you can get as deep as you want to um, but you know, we're, we're buying for $3.35 million and we're raising like $1.5 million 
um, we're bringing investors money. We have a bunch of people investing anywhere from twenty five thousand up to you know three hundred fifty thousand dollars just because they want they want to be invested in real estate, but they don't want to be the ones talking to property managers, dealing with toilets, like doing doing the bookkeeping, you know, worrying about leases. So it's, it's, a, it's a passive way for investors to invest into someone who's like actively operating. Um, to do the uh, to get in on real estate investing. Nice, yeah. 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 I'm sure Mike, Mike's, the, Mike's the lawyer, so <laughs> you, you grab. You grab oh, there are um, no legal advice on the podcast. <laughs> you grab my wife's, uh, some of my wife's retirement money. So hey, good on you. Yeah, She's yeah. A pretty <laughs> definitely now. Glad to have her on. Yeah, <laughs> that's to, freaking awesome. Wow. Take some of her money. Good on you for sure. Yeah, yeah right, took some of mine too. So, so I'm, try, I'm yeah, trying, trying to make your wife, Mike, trying to make you guys, trying to make you guys, trying to. Trying to get you guys on, uh, trying to get you guys on some bigger boats here soon. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, right. Sean. That's freak, right. that's that's so cool, man. Tell I want the listeners to be able to follow your journey, though. So, how do you go from um, in an Airbnb with 10, 12 football buddies to raising one point five million dollars for a syndication? Like to walk us through a little bit of the in between, kind of how you how you feel comfortable going out and raising one point five million mm-hmm. over the last three four years. Yeah, so I, I think the, the I mean the one word there on the dress like could feel comfortable doing it. I didn't like I, as soon as I sent that offer and like I was terrified and then they accepted the offer and I was I was like oh crap now I have to do this like that's like, that's that's gonna be a stretch so you're not if, right. you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to do I believe like you shouldn't be comfortable like if you're uncomfortable right. that means you're you're growing and you know growing that way so I guess from the start like I guess my first my first investment uh just like probably most people who have gotten into real estate at all is like I did a house hack when I, after I got on TBS went down Camp Lejeune uh bought a house and then rented out all the rooms to three three other buddies so that kind of cut that expense out wasn't really cash flowing anything but like all my BH was hitting my bank account and it wasn't going anywhere I was like this is awesome like I'm I'm like I'm the world's greatest real estate investor this is this is awesome right um so that that kind of kind of got that kind of solidified all the thoughts and stuff I've heard in podcasts and read in books um up to that point mm-hmm. um and then that summer um our family we bought that uh five unit up in Gettysburg Pennsylvania it was like falling apart like that was nothing but headaches so that kind of taught the patients we bought another three unit in Frederick Maryland um which was just about as old a little less headaches but um did that and then kind of just over the years we you know buy a property to every other year and kind of kind of started to grow up there we got five we've got a portfolio of like five duplexes um another six unit in our hometown and then in 2021 right when i was like getting ready to get out of the military i was actually starting to look at apartment buildings because i was like you know what i'm, I'm, I'm gonna buy into this whole like need to scale and mm-hmm. like buy bigger properties it's better for the cash flow really, more upside all, all those other good things on the podcast so i found 18 unit in right outside of charlotte north carolina and it's called gastonia um, that a broker brought to me off market and kind of this, this broker and I, we, we, I went and toured probably, I don't know, five or six deals with him before he sent me this one, um, a couple on, on market, you know, they were, they were the ones that no one else wanted, but I kind of toured and showed up, showed the underwriting, started building up those communications with him, um, kind of pretty like constant cadence of like reaching out to him. He sent me a property, I'd send him my underwriting, my thoughts. And so that kind of helped build that trust and open those communications um, that he sent up on this is 18 unit and um, the number numbers work. So uh, we ended up going under contract on it and bought that and closed in December of 21. And then 22, 22 was a busy year personally. So we didn't, we didn't buy any real estate, got married, we moved, moved back to Maryland, bought a new house. We gutted it, fixed it up. Um, Awesome. Wife and I, like, we started we started a new job, so it was like there was a ton there was a ton going on. So I kind of like right. I, I kind of got off the rails from the real estate thing. Um, I was more focused on like like maintaining what we had, and then you know we now that we we felt settled like this year, I'm like all right, I'm gonna ramp it back up and 
Sam Broker that I got the 18 unit from brought me this uh, 33 unit off market. Um, they had it under contract with one of his clients before, but it fell out. Um, Get an investor back out like last minute with the, you know, who had a majority of the equity. So they were kind of like scrambling to like find somebody because um, they didn't want to go through all like the, the marketing and all, all the all the fees and headache associated with that one because these sellers wanted to quick close. That's how that's how I ended up getting that. I, I have so you many questions, Spiros. You want to you want to yeah. jump in? Or yeah, you- <laughs> I've got one. You, you brought up a, a term that we all hear about off market, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone, there, there seems to be a general consensus that you know if you really want to do well in real estate, you have to pursue off market deals, right? So can you mm-hmm. kind of define in your mind what an off market deal is, and then and then tell our listeners, you know, how do you pursue off market deals, and and maybe how can they learn to do the same. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, off-market deal to me is, is anything that's not listed on, you know, Zillow, Redfin, um, it's not listed on MLS, so you're not going to find it on even, even like LoopNet or Crexy or any of those commercial sites. It's it's something yeah. that, you know, a seller wants to sell and maybe a broker knows about it, but it hasn't been like, pub- the information not publicly available. Um, and then for me, so I, I know there's there's a lot of different ways to go about off-market. Like you can do your own cold calling. Um, I know like a lot of people do wholesaling, like cold call. They'll do, you know, driving for dollars or you just send out your mailers to all these houses um, to get off-market properties. I don't, I, frankly, I don't really have the, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have the, the, the bandwidth to do that or really, I don't know, but that, that kind of stuff's like exhausting for me. It's just like cold calling people. Um, so kind of how I've gotten these off market is like I've found a couple of brokers and built pretty good relationship with them. I've shown them I'm serious. And then now when something kind of comes up in like my buy box um, in the market that I'm looking in, they kind of send it to me for a first look. So I think that's kind of a, that's probably your best way. I'm sure that would still work with residential. I find realtors and like, here's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, Cause it's a lot of work for them to put it on, put it on the, um, you know, Net or Crexy or realtor make all these phone calls. They're going to get 50 people reach out to them. About five of them are actually serious. So if they can find it like a serious buyer who they know is going to close, like they're going to go that route, you know, nine times out of 10. Yeah. Nice. That's so, that's so huge. The fact that, and just building the relationship, right, Sean, that mm-hmm. and doing one successful deal shows that broker now, Hey, I'm, I'm a serious buyer. If you have something that fits into my buy box, like you said, I'm ready to roll like that. Let's not waste time. Yeah. You know, I'm serious. We've done the deal. And that's, I mean, that's, so, that's so huge in real estate. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a lot of work too. I think uh, people are just like, Oh, I called this broker and I told them exactly what I want. And they're, they're not sending me anything like what, like they must not be the realtor. It's like, you haven't really like, I say like, you haven't like shown them that you're serious. Like right, right. you need to, if they, if they send you something, you need to give them feedback within 24 hours. Um, especially if you're using it, like, if it's strictly going to be the investment property, like here's what, here's my underwriting. Here's the price I'm coming at. Here's why mm-hmm. share your underwriting with them. So they can kind of start to see what you're looking for, where you're thinking, or, you know, you may not be huge. a pro at underwriting and they might be like, Hey, right. you're off, you're off here. Like, you no, know, the taxes are mm-hmm. only like $2,000, not $22,000. Like that's why your numbers don't work. Um, something like yes, that. Yeah. Um, so you, then you can start building that communication. Now you're talking about that specific property as an investment. Um, you pick each other's brains and then you just kind of right. keep going that along. Walk property, that's, so, that's a big one. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so important, man. Like just sharing that information with the broker or the realtor to show them that you can speak the language or at least that you're taking the time out of their your day to spend the mo- mm-hmm. run the numbers, look at the calculations, look at the area and say, hey, listen, uh, I appreciate your time and giving me this property and look, you know, sending me this listing. But here's the analysis that I did. It's just not going to work at this price. Uh, and here are the reasons why I don't you get you gain so much respect with the other person on the other end when you do that, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I, I got hold on. And, and- I I have so many I have so many questions for you Sean. Yeah. Okay. You say, you say you say you're house hacking, right? 
Um, just explain real quick what a house hacking is, and then I want to ask a follow-up question once you explain what house hacking is. Okay, yes. so house hacking is like you buy a house to live in as your primary residence, and then you rent part of it out. I know some people can do this like duplexes, up to up to quadplexes. Um, I just did it with a single-family house that had four bedrooms, so I got a bedroom. And then I rented my And Sean, how how easy friends. was it? How easy was it? <laughs> no brainer. Yeah, was, I lived with like three of my best friends who were stationed down there. And they were like, wait, you mean I have to pay below market rent to live with all my best friends? Like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> and all right, so Sean, at this time, do you, are you an active duty Marine when you're house hacking? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fresh, fresh uh, second lieutenant. I, you know. No, I did okay. what I was doing in my job. Did, did, up, did you use just ready to learn? <laughs> did you use the VA loan? I did. So easy. And you're like it's a, you're like a five star recruit, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> Hitting all the points. It's funny too. I was uh I was so confused when I walked in. So I bought the house, used the VA loan, and I was I didn't know I had no no idea how this happened. So when I walked away at close, like I got a check at close for like six hundred dollars. I was like, I should have paid six hundred dollars to buy a house. It's the best day mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, I think that, that, so that just looks fire even, even more. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then I think, Sean, you were just talking a little bit about your journey after you house hacked. And I mean, mm-hmm. what I was hearing was you weren't hitting home runs, right? But you were you were buying properties, you were learning the language, you were dealing with brokers, you were dealing with realtors, you were dealing with lenders, you were sitting at the closing table, and you were just getting experience. And you were slowly yeah. but surely just building and building and building. And, you know, at least in my mm-hmm. mind, that gets you prepared, ready to raise 1.5 million and take down a 33 uh, unit of a complex. Might, you might not feel completely comfortable, but I know you've been in the last three, four years, slowly, surely, you, you know, sort of like hacking at the wood. I'm hacking, 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 and now I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah 100%. I think too, I think, uh, you know, you hear all these people talk about like how, how awesome they are at real estate investing and, you know, how much experience they have. Like they don't usually talk about how like bad things go at the beginning. Like those first two properties, like we bought with our family, like they lost money for the first two or three years. Um, it took a long time. Like there's a ton of deferred maintenance. Like we didn't know how to work with the property managers, right? Like we didn't know what, like how to, how to, how, you know, kind of manage the managers. Um, so those first, mm-hmm. those first two years were like super stressful and like things weren't going well. Um, so we had to like, we even had to pull some like outside money. Like we had to like pull our money into like, you know, we basically capital called ourselves to like do some like required renovations so we can get things, you know, even rentable. Um, and it finally turned, turned the corner. But like in hindsight, like I said, like, like lessons wise, I would have never bought those properties or at least not for that price because I didn't really know what I was looking for, what I wasn't looking for. Um, but now because of those experiences, like this 18 units, 33 unit, like I know every little thing to like, not every, I'm sure there's some stuff I'm still going to miss and still learn, but like, you know, 95%, I know exactly what to look for and where like the big, like the traps are going to be. And there's really, we know what's expensive. Um, so I think that's kind of save, save, it's going to end up saving us a ton of the long run just because, you know, sure. we took action and did it. Yeah. So it, 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 what I'm hearing too, and, and back to what you had said earlier about daily action, you know, mm-hmm. there's this balance between, you know, taking daily action, getting out of your comfort zone, making some mistakes, but in the, you know, in the long game, right. It benefits you, right. Cause you, you learn a whole lot more from your mistakes than you do from, mm-hmm. uh, from home runs. I, I'm curious, you know, f- for those of us that maybe don't have, um, you know, cash in the bank and we want to get into real estate, right. There's this, there's this intimidation level of, of mm-hmm. going out talking to people and trying to make a good deal. When in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't have enough money to put down on this property or I don't, I, I don't, I don't have the the buying power to go do all this. So obviously, and, and we don't need to get into all the, 
you know, technical ways that you can buy properties with no money down and all that stuff. There's plenty of that. Yeah. And there's podcasts and books to read about that. But my question for you is, and for you too, Mike, is like, mm-hmm. how do you get over that fear factor of, you know, the, the, the lack of confidence that you might have when you're having those first conversations, when you're trying to make offers, when you're trying to get to that daily action, there's got to be something that that in your mind, you're like, I'm doing it anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. Even if I fall flat on my face and I embarrass myself, I'm still going to jump into it because I believe in this. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you get, how do you get past that kind of initial fear factor? Yeah. I think the first, the first step for me before I started like talking about with other people was like, I, I got educated. Like I knew I did, I, you know, I I knew what I was talking about. Like I said, I keep saying, I read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, like there's only so much out there until you, you know, you feel like you know probably most of it, um, or you can like speak to most of it. Um, so I think getting educated is the first step. Um, but I think after that point, it's really you need to kind of change your mindset to like asking somebody for money so you can invest, or like asking, you know, you're not asking them for something. You're like presenting them with an opportunity. Um, I'm sure whoever you're talking to, unless they're actively investing, they're probably not sitting at home at you know from nine to eleven every night looking at properties on Zillow and Craigslist right. and you know underwriting they might have some money sitting around that they want to invest like if you're the one who's going to do the underwriting and bring them the deals and um show them that you're actually invested in it and have an opportunity for them like i think that's that makes that conversation a whole lot easier to have as opposed to like them doing you a favor by giving you money so you can get a piece of real estate yeah for sure what you just said is a golden nugget it's not about asking somebody for money it's about offering them an opportunity and if Mm -hmm. you educate yourself and you know that it's an opportunity then you do kind of just develop some innate confidence to say, Hey man, I know you, I care about you. And I want you to have the same opportunity that I have. And then the conversation, right. Takes on Mm. a little bit of a different, um, context. It's, it's not, you know, it's not Spiros out begging for, for dough. It's Spiros out talking to the people that he knows that he cares about and and trying to to show them something that he believes in. Right. And, and it's an opportunity for them. So very, very cool. Thanks. Thanks for, for that. Mike, yeah. how, how did you get past the yeah, sort of that, and that I just, initial fear factor of getting into it? 100%. And I want to tie it into something that Sean said, because uh, it's still true to this day. You know, even when I, you know, I did my first deal, I was super nervous. Uh, you know, I listened to every single podcast that I could find on the, in the internet, on the internet. I read every single book. I read every single blog forum post on bigger pockets, probably twice. Um, and I was still nervous, right? I felt confident and educated, but I was still nervous. Like, Oh, wait a minute. You guys actually accepted my deal. Um, and my offer. And I think that, I think the nervousness is good. I think it means, you know, you're alive, you're, you know, things can happen. But the reason I love real estate so much is because you're in control. It's not the stock market where you're buying a stock and the stock can Mm -hmm. go up, it can go down. You run the numbers, you put the offer price and you, you set the parameters of where you want this deal to work. Yeah. Things can go wrong. A rehab can go up, you know, can be more expensive than what you expected. Uh, you know, you can have a foundation issues, et cetera, et cetera. But that's why you do the work up front. You get the inspectors, you get a, you know, a good due diligence period and you control the deal. If it's, if you don't want to do it and you're, and you're in your time frame, get out of the deal. Don't do it. Right. And, and I think, I think what's important is, to this day, like I was just, I just left, I was looking at a flip yesterday and 
the uh, you know, we were thinking about making an offer on the house and going back and forth with the realtor. And I was still getting nervous, it, you know, even to, you know, after doing a handful of deals, I'm still getting nervous and I'm like, oh, man, do it, should I really do this? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't think it ever goes away, Spiro. So, but I think it's, um, you know, the more you do it, obviously you, you, you get more comfortable, but I think it, you need to be nervous and you need to have that comfort of, you know, okay, you know, that, that feeling of oh, this might go wrong, but I feel so confident in my numbers and my education and my research that, you know, I might be a little nervous that they accept it, but I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to be able to, you know, come out on top of this. Sure. Sure. So Sean, it sounds like a lot of your real estate activity is sort of in, in near where you live, you know, in the mid Atlantic mm -hmm. is, is it, do you have any desire to kind of expand more nationwide and, and have that kind of a reach or do you have a, a an opinion on that? Yeah, I think pers personally, I, I, I think I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying to narrow my focus into, you know, um, the, the few markets I'm interested in here in, in the mid Atlantic and North Carolina and I live in Maryland. Um, lived in North Carolina, you know, for five years in the Marine Corps. So I'm like pretty familiar with the state as a whole and I really like the market. You know, every, every like the, the macro level, people are still moving there. There's jobs and stuff going there. So I think as a whole, like North Carolina, really the Southeast, but especially like North Carolina, really good places to be in. As far as investing, though, I'm just trying to stick to like multifamily apartments in, in these markets. Um, I think I think I could be interested in some Airbnbs like across the you know, across the country in cool places, but those would kind of be selfishly like on Airbnb them, but I also want to use them when I want to travel there. Mm -hmm. um, sure. But I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm kind of, I'm kind of fully dialed in on uh, the multifamily at the time. Yeah, right now. Yeah, I think that's important too, Sean, because that probably mm -hmm. saves a lot of your time where you're not just on Zillow or Redfin or or Realtor looking at a million different properties. You have this box. This is what you're looking for. This this is my criteria, and if it's in this criteria, I'll start digging through underwriting. If not, I'm not going to waste mm -hmm. my time. Exactly, exactly. Kind of when I first started, like made the made the official the, the, the official mental jump into like just apartments. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try right. to buy between like 15 and 40 units. Um, and then mm -hmm. it didn't matter if it was if it was in Pennsylvania or Florida, if it was on the East Coast, like I would like underwrite it. And then, then it's like you don't have property managers, you don't have a team there, you probably don't know that broker that you just saw that listing from. So it's just a whole lot of like busy work. And like I got good at underwriting from it, like it was really good practice. But like right. now that I kind of know what I want, it's just a waste of time. It's just it's just noise that's taken away from like the actual the actual uh, objective. Sure. I have a question for Sean and Spiros. Um, why, why real estate? Why not, uh, you know, a different type of passive income? Why not a laundromat, a car wash? Like why, why is real estate investing? Yeah, I think, I mean, every, every, so what is it? 85%, 90%, don't quote me on the stat, but it's like, you know, we'll call it 90% of every millionaire has real estate. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I mean, 90% of all the, you know, the wealthiest people in the world are in real estate. And obviously that means there's something there. I think, you know, from you get you get cash flow, you get appreciation when the market goes up. You know, in commercial, you can get forced appreciation by you know increasing that how it actually operates as a business, and then you get all the tax benefits too. So it's kind it's kind of it kind of fits all the market widgets you would want, and it's not as cyclical as you know, like you said the stock market. Mm -hmm. Even some small business stuff, if you know, if if the economy is down and you're running like a nice like like a high-end like land landscape company like there might be some people who are cutting landscaping out because they're just going to do it themselves because times are tight and times right. are tough like people always need a place to live they always need a quality right. place to live so i think it's safe and it also has a ton of upside as long as you're smart and buy good deals and manage the deals right like it's almost, yeah. almost a guaranteed pathway to wealth right i think for me it's a great question i think for me it's just um it boils down to a very basic understanding i understand like where I want to live, why I want to live there. I understand 
you know, the ins and outs of what it takes to live somewhere, what it takes to keep it up and that sort of thing. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there in small business. Um, I have mm-hmm. a small business of my own. Um, we market, you know, semiconductor technology, right? Well, over the years, I've become a subject matter expert in semiconductor technology. I really understand it. I understand how the technology moves. I understand how the money moves around the technology. And to me, real estate, it's just, it's very intuitive for us humans, right? Because we got to live somewhere. Um, And we've lived in a lot of different places and we've probably lived in a few places that we didn't like. Um, And we know why we didn't like it. You know, we probably lived in some other places that made us feel very, feel very comfortable and, and safe and, and fulfilled. And you know why that happened, right? So I just kind of feel like real estate is sort of a natural for everybody. Everybody's got some basic knowledge about, um, you know, what it takes to, to, you know, build a house, build a home for you and your family or whatever. So to me, it's, um, it's one of those things. Yeah. There's a ton of education that you have to do to understand the technical aspects of investment. Right. But the, the base, um, like the foundational commodity behind real estate is something all of us know very well from the time we were kids, right. You can even go back to your, your childhood experiences and say, Hey, I really enjoyed living in that house or in that apartment, um, or in that town, you know, or, or I didn't. So there's so much, I think in our, in our memory and in our, our experience that really, can make you a great real estate investor. Whereas, you know, other businesses, I think, like you said, a laundromat, like, I, you know, I don't, I mean, I can, I can wash my clothes. I don't know how well I do <laughs> at it, how good I do at it, but, um, but, but, you know, it, it, it's just not as, as intuitive to me. And, and the stock market for me is just like a, it's PFM. We all know what PFM stands for. I won't, I won't uh, list out the acronym here on the podcast, but it's magic. You know, it it goes up, it goes down, and you don't know why. Thank you for not listening it out, Spiros. This is has, this has to be safe for kids when I upload it to YouTube. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I I echo I echo both of what you guys said. Also, for me personally, I've spent so much time in you know on the research and education portion of real estate that. I just don't want to start a different journey. Like I don't want to learn how to run a business. I don't want to learn the, the language of another thing. I don't want to, I don't want to learn the stock market and the different types of options and all. I know real estate. I've learned it. I've listened to it. I'm continue. I continue to learn and, you know, from great people like yourselves and different, you know, masterminds and like that. So I just feel comfortable with it. and I feel like I'm in control in real estate. So that's kind of what, why I like it. Um, all right. Spiros, you have any other questions or we can close it out with Sean with one final question? Yeah, I have one. I have one um, kind of big picture question for Sean. So, you know, you're a young guy, man. Tell us where, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you want to be? Awesome question. Ooh, five years. So I think in five years, I would like to be in a position with real estate where if I want to, I can step away from my job and there'll be no change on my lifestyle. Um, I currently like my job. I think it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty, it's really interesting. It's pretty purposeful and mission driven. So actually, I very much enjoy my job now. But you know, five years from now, wife and I don't have kids now. But you know, that's that's something we're talking about in the near future. So I would like to have that optionality to where if I want to step away and spend more time with the family or go full time, you know, full time in on real estate, that the real estate that I uh, that I buy between now and then allows me to get to that point. And then after that, I mean, I mean, kind of continuously through that, it's like you know, growing the real estate portfolio. 
Um, I am interested in some other small businesses stuff, especially stuff that you can like perfectly integrate to like kind of align with your real estate goals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of kind of make it like a nice ecosystem for, for where I'm investing, um, and then also just kind of continue to try to, or I guess really kind of expand upon like giving back and like kind of you know doing stuff for doing stuff for others. You know, helping other investors learn, being able to give money like charities and you know volunteer my time and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what I'm trying to ramp up over the next five years. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Sean. Uh, last question, and we'll close this thing out. What is one piece of advice you give to a new real estate investor? Uh, you know, uh, a newly commissioned officer in the military, a service member around the world, someone who's working, you know, a W two job like yourself, like the three of us. Uh, what What's some advice that you would give somebody just starting out and kind of? getting them all along their real estate journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's like 10 things that just came to mind, but I think, I think the biggest and kind of the theme of this whole podcast is like, don't let discomfort or fear get in your way of getting started. If I, if I had the same mindset I had now, back when I was a second lieutenant, I would have, I would have, I would have owned every single house in Campbell June and I would be on a giant yacht doing this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> right. So I think you, you, just, you need to take that first step. You need to buy, you need to start sending get educated, send offers and keep sending offers until you get, you know, the right property and then just rinse and repeat. And then it starts to become, you start to get comfortable out and keep doing it. And then you're going to, you're going to be so much further along if the sooner you take action and get over your fears. Cause it is intimidating, like taking out, you know, 200, $300,000 loan, but that's, you know, you know, the quarter million dollars right. you get to your name, but you know, 20, whatever years old, like that's terrifying. It works right. out. Just do it. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Man, I've heard it. things today like really action, heard yeah. purposeful. I've heard mission driven. Sean's like a, a treasure trove of motivational. Corpus slogan guy. But, but <laughs> besides besides uh, being on the Navy football team and uh, being a Marine, there's this has been fantastic. And uh, <laughs> this is a really awesome. <laughs> this is a really awesome speech, uh, a really awesome talk. And Sean, I know I speak for Spiros and, and we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your, you know, your busy day and sitting down and talking with us. And we uh, hopefully have you back on the podcast in the future. And we could talk about the deal that you're going through right now and kind of uh, everything you've learned throughout it and and see where you are in a few years yeah definitely thank you guys for having me this is is a lot of fun so i'm always open always 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 good to catch up with you guys awesome (laughs) thanks sean appreciate it go navy (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in to the freedom fries podcast join mike and spiros next time as they bring more real talk about real estate investing highs and lows freedom fries is focused real estate investing for epic success 